So it is Skippily, and welcome again to another episode of Latin in Layman's. Today is going to be different. It's going to be creative. I'm going to be reading something that I've actually written way, way, way back when. Um, you know, just kind of going off of all of the love that I've been talking about, the love that I seldom see in this world, that if we just were to you know, give a little more, give a little bit more love out into this world. Um, there would be just, there wouldn't be so much, so much volatility, so much anger, so much strife, so much proving to people that you're wrong and they're right and or vice versa or skip it a bop or whatever. But, you know, this is in lieu of kind of like, I don't know, this is kind of me putting my heart a little bit more on my sleeve. And, you know, I'm showing my audience that there's a little bit more aspect to me than just the etymologizing, the Latin, the teaching, the the students and all that stuff. Like, I love to write. I love poetry. I love slam poetry. I performed in the past um, when I have had the opportunity. Um, and I don't know. This kind of scares me a little bit to do this. So I feel like I want to do things that make me more nervous. Maybe that, you know, that do challenge me in a way where, um, you know, I'm looking back at some of these things that I've written from a way back when. And like I've talked about, I am terrible. I am a terrible, hopeless romantic. I have learned that ever since I actually fell in love for the first time when I fell in love with love. And, you know, I was at the ripe age of 18, 17, 18, you know, I mean, puppy love, but still, you know, every single type of love, every iteration of love that you have in your life, it's going to be different, but it's going to feel so profound. And that's why I just, I have this love affair with love. Um, and it's funny to think about now about how I used to look at love as this kind of like stupid thing. And I was so jaded by it. And I was so angry because I'd seen how everybody had just kind of backstabbed me. The love that I thought that people had inherent, um, it didn't really show truly in my high school career. That's why. I, I remember, uh, I, I think people, a lot of the high school, um, or my high school peers at St. Mike's, I think by the time soft or uh, junior and senior year came and rolled around, uh, people were starting to accept me more. But at that time, I was so, so much more angry with everybody else around me and how they had treated me that I saw all my friends outside uh, my two best friends in senior year of high school, um, Tex and James, both from Santa Fe Prep and the other from Santa Fe High School. So I really, I, I became angry with the people that I was surrounded with in St. Mike's and I uh, decided to find my own friend group elsewhere. And then to further continue on with that anger that I had, um, that's why as soon as I got the merit scholarship that I did to go to University of Puget Sound, boom shakalaka, I was going, hey, I want to get the frick out of Dodge and I was going to be going, I want to get as far away as possible. I wanted to get away from the culture of Santa Fe, away from the small-minded mentality, the, the people that 
the volatility, the, yeah, I don't know. It was like, I got bullied, like actually physically, but I also had to deal with all the, 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 the initiation of all that cyber bullying crap. I've talked about it before in the past, but that led me to be a rather angry person for a while. And the concept of love, I scoffed at. And then finally I fell in love and I can't, it was a gradual thing. You know, my first love was a gradual one. It, it's so interesting to think about. And then the next one, it was so electric. And then the next one after that was another rather electric. Well, the second one wasn't as electric, but the third one happened so profoundly like lightning bolts. <laughs> Sorry, that makes me makes me think of a LARPing video that I used to watch when I was a kid. It was um, it's on YouTube. Honestly, I <laughs> all right, I'm a rambling, but yo, I would love to go hit up a LARPing community because these guys look like they're a lot of fun. I was just laughing my my butt off because I was watching this video of these guys, and in order for them to cast spells and for them for you know their opponents to know that they're casting spells in these LARPing situations. Um, this guy had just a bunch of cloths in his like satchel and he just kept on bringing them out, like getting a cloth and then throwing them at the guy and just saying lightning bolt, lightning bolt, lightning bolt yeah, and lightning bolt every single time he threw a cloth. <laughs> and it's just so funny. Anyways, third one was lightning bolt. But yeah, I don't know. I wrote this a while back, a long time ago actually, probably five, six years ago, maybe. God, five years ago. So yeah, but um, yeah, if you want to hear a little bit of some romantic, silly dilly, me being all Twitter pated over the love that I was just consumed over, then uh, yeah, give the sh shot a lot of the time the way that I uh, reeled uh, my partners in was through my writing a lot of the time because I feel like sometimes I can write and say a lot more eloquently in writing than I would say in words presently. So if you haven't already, I would really appreciate some love and support. Spotify, Apple Podcast. I am also now a part of a platform called Zencaster, um, which you can also go support me on over. In fact, I've, there's a way that you can potentially like donate. I don't know how to do that yet, you know. And I've talked to you know people about like, or people have asked me about Patreon and stuff like that. Like, I don't, I don't really know what that is. I don't even know if you guys would really contribute to that. I, I don't want to do something where it, it's just going to be like, I do it and then nothing ends up happening. So yeah, that would be silly. I, you know, and at the end of the day, the Patreon, I don't care about that. I just care about imbuing my audience with my love of language, my love of love, my love of being a good human being. And how all of these things kind of overarch. I know that this is called Latin and layman's, but this this podcast is really just about anything and everything. I'm trying to make it 
so that it's not just, you know, super academic. It can be academic. And for those that need some academic support, you've got a bunch of episodes that you can refer to. But um, I don't know. I just appreciate you guys. I really do. Thank you. This doesn't have a title, but it's a letter. Friends doesn't work, and if it does, it doesn't just work. The language doesn't dent into our history and are cut into what we are. It does no justice to us. The epithet is too ambiguous and leaves infinity up to an, an imagination. Please take note that while I do truly love uncertainty in all things relating to this life, I'm seeking for a more solidifying term for the intents and purposes of this memorandum. But other terms hold too much certainty and God knows one of the most safeguarded facets of us is our inevitable uncertainty and the elusiveness that both drives and hinders me. The unpredictability fuels this crazy train. I love it. But in spite of that, words are too static, too absolute. None are voracious in describing us. Instead, let's be a fluctuation of definitions, a spectrum, if you will. Our closeness needs not a term nor specific agreement, as no single word can envelop all that we are. No our closeness needs not a novel, something of depth and elaboration needs something even more, something that gives and yields room for change and growth. You and I, darling, she always liked it when I called her darling, we are waves in a dancing ocean, fluctuating. In our novel, in climaxes, and falls tumultuously as we push and pull each other through the chapters. We are peaks and troughs, traversing tri times and trials. Past pages spill with emotions, events, nights of utter debauchery. Memories that I'll surely never forget. And still, these pages keep turning. Let's allow our story to unfold. I don't know how it happened or why for that matter. I won't ask questions and I won't mince words. I know that I'm drawn to you, consciously or not. Perhaps it's similarities, or perhaps not. Our dissimilarities luminous harmoniously too. I've written about the dark and light within you, what emanates loudly and what sleeps quiescently, buried inside. The juxtaposition of the inversely opposed, quite frankly, perplexes me. I'm enamored, Twitter-pated. You're a melodic chord progression yet to be written, consonant and dissonant in tandem, major and minor, euphonic and discordant, consonantly creating this ever-ceasing elus elusiveness to me. You're damn intriguing. Darling, I'm a cynic and only assured between the hours of one and four in the morning when I write. But if there's a modicum of optimism within me, it's this. Life is chaotic. Events are random. Everything is random. Everything does and does not happen for a reason. 
things just happen, and seldom is there ever an explanation to our non-intended rhetorical questions. But every so often, a pattern arises out of the sheer and thundering chaos that life is. Einstein said, God doesn't play dice. I disagree. I think she does. She plays this game of chance. But if you throw those dice down repeatedly for eternity, eventually you'll get all pairs or all odd numbers or even even numbers or any other random pattern in between. Ever so rarely, a pattern occurs within chance. And if we recognize it in this moment, elegance is born. It's at this moment that chance becomes fate, randomness becomes providence, coincidence becomes serendipity, fortuity becomes destined. We are that moment, that instance, that rarity. Together we are the creators of that elegance. We have interrupted the entropic disorder of life, and for that reason, we must be bound. Years will come and go. People will arrive and depart. Our story will accelerate. It will idle. Highs and lows, peaks and troughs, plateaus. Pages might fall empty, or one word here and there, but the pages will still turn nonetheless. Our novel still continues. Our story endures. We aren't a word because there isn't just one. I saw the things others didn't see in you, you beautiful imperfections, your perfect flaws, and your edges and curves that made you who you are today. They might have deemed it your downfall, but for me, it was the things that made you striking and salient. They say in the law of attraction, you attract things and people that mirror who you are, but we are not alike in any way. You're an angel in disguise, and I'm having an internal conflict of whether I was ever a tortured soul of Clint Eastwood at the beginning. You weren't aware of this, but you're earnest, this darling of the throng, the one who all want to be, and I was everything you're not, surely. There can never be you and me. And for me... You're perfect. Not because I like you, not because I'm gradually learning you. You have such a good heart, love overflows from it. Your mind is so beautiful, so vibrant and brimming with life. And you're so fragile. You deserve so much and I can give it to you. I will in all ways that I can. I know this of myself, but perhaps I don't actually like you. They say that when you're falling for someone, you take risks, you trust. No matter what the outcome will be, you jump in wholeheartedly because these lack of words tell you to do so. So maybe it's more. I think I knew it when I vacated my heart and wanted to do the things I stopped doing. I wanted to hug you and tell you that I love words and music and ask you what you love. To tell you the reasons of my brain, the feelings of my heart. With you, this is the only way I know how. Penny for your thoughts, I want to say. 
But what I really mean is name your price. I don't have much, but in my mind, it's all for you. So I guess all I knew is this, what I knew all along. When I felt trusting to take a free fall and invest the weight of my feelings solely into these uncertainties. I understand you can't fully reciprocate fully. I do. But I feel so clear leaping blindly into this. You don't have, have to reciprocate because these dice have been rolled and we're one away from being odd, even, random. I'll bid to appease the gods once more, but at this point, I know I can do more. Because you breathe life back into my sleeping viscera, because you've crushed my past half-lives into fine dust and obliterated and crumpled strung out papery cutouts and scribbled the last words to seal this letter done. You're changing me, altering, adding to me, spinning new neural networks in my brain matter like shiny silver webs. My words will make words itself feel heavy, oversaturated with a strange exhilarating weight. I won't ask for returns and you know why. I'll do it because I know it can make you happy. And at the same time, I'll make myself happy by pouring all of it out for you unwillingly. But what I will ask of you is this. Transform me. I want you to peel off the graffiti scrap canvas and expose the vulnerable, untouchable layer. Let me become something unblemished and clean underneath you. Brush off my fragile wrappings onto the cold floor and brand your mutable colors into my skin. Hold me tightly for a moment. I don't want to know better. Everyone always knows better, and that's how they forget how to feel. I want a something that splinters the interconnected fibers leaves me dizzy and aching and staggering blindly away from the crash. But not for long. I'll put down my drink and turn the lights on. I'll wash out my glass in the sink and only want it neat. Something that behaves itself, that doesn't make you exert yourself. I'll load another basket of clothes into the washer or absently, absently chew a carrot wanting a something that won't make me sweat. Sometimes I want it reasonable. Darling creature, these hugs, they're never long enough. The room, it's never empty enough. And the, mo the noise, never quiet enough for me to finally, finally whisper those words into the space between the top of my head and the tip of your chin. Sincerely, me. So now reading that, I can confidently say that at this time I was writing a letter to um, a love of mine that had not reciprocated the love to me that I had so much for her.
So you can call this a, a letter of unrequited love. And hey, you know what? That's the thing is that if this person ever hears it, they know that I love them. I love them so deeply. But of course, it's not the love that builds a family, builds a relationship, and it builds something to last until I die, until they die. But it was love. And I know, and you always know, nobody can tell you what your love is. Because love is iterated in so many different ways. You'll never understand because you'll fall in love. You'll get your heart broken. You'll fall in love again. That, that was way different than the first time you fell in love. Maybe you'll get your heart broken again. Maybe you'll break someone's heart. It's, it's what it is. Talk about the most amazing drug. Tell me that when you fall in love, do you not become fully addicted to that love? It becomes so, so top of mind. It's just there. And to this girl that I wrote this letter to, and if she ever hears it, maybe she does. Maybe she listens. I don't know. I love her and I always will. It just wasn't the right love. And that's, that's what happens. It's not the love that she wanted. It's not the love that I wanted at the end of the day. It started out to be something that we wanted. And then it iterated into something that we didn't. And that's just from learning someone and growing with them and learning them and learning and building an identity with them. And then realize that maybe this identity that you had built with them is not the identity that you want to carry throughout the rest of your life. It's not the solid identity that you can build from, the solid foundation. We just weren't at that point in our lives. She wanted to be. I wanted to be. We tried to force ourselves to be. But at the end of the day, you can. You can force yourself to be in that situation. But then... That's when people end up being in dead-end jobs for 20 years and then they look back and they realize that they wasted their time instead of just putting themselves out there and seeking out a new job or in another uh, vein or a, in another trope, relationship. I could very well be with that person still. Could have been. What would it be like? That's a what if. Probably wouldn't be good. I probably would have just succumbed, probably would have felt comfortable. That's why we were still together. There was a, an aspect of our breakup that happened that was actually a long drawn out process because we didn't want to actually accept that we were breaking up, but we knew that we needed to. And that's that was kind of like the the, the first stage of grief the grief that happened between us that we actually kind of sifted through. There was a lot of crying. There was a lot of anger. There was a lot of sadness. There was a lot of blaming. And then after a while, that anger kind of started to subside and we just got tired. And then we, because she's, I mean, the reason 
And the things that I said in this letter about this person is that they're all true. They're all so deeply true. She knew it. I knew it. And she was strong enough to also say, you know what? This is not right for me. When I look back on the relationships that I've had, I always will love them. I love, I loved so deeply because it teaches me that I'm capable of love still. Sometimes I'm scared that I'm not capable of that love anymore because I haven't met that person in a long time. I haven't been able to find that connection. And I'm not, I don't know if it's just me. I don't know if it's post COVID. I don't know if it's because I'm just so busy all the time with my job that I don't really think about taking time outside. You know, that's why I have a lot of this off again, on again mentality with my job. Maybe I don't put myself out there as much anymore. I don't know. Sometimes it does scare me, but then I read these things and it reminds me that, um, that I can fall head over heels pretty, pretty easily. If it's, if it's what I feel and if it's true, it's happening. I know because I just know. I remember those times in my life. They're so, they stand out so stark in contrast to the other events in my life. What can I say? I talk about my, my love for love because I really do. And I think that at the end of the day, if we thought and, and embraced the concept of love in our lives and to the people around us, rather than our ideologies, our beliefs, if we just understood think we'd be in a lot better of a place than we are right now. Thanks again, everybody. And for today, thank yourself and your body and love yourself. Maybe take a moment to go into your, to wherever a mirror is and look at yourself in the mirror and tell yourself truthfully, that you love yourself and that you're worth it. And then after that, text someone and let them know that you love them or call them. And it doesn't, you, and they can be like, why are you doing this? Just be like, cause it just popped in my head and might as well let you know the thoughts in my head, because maybe you'd appreciate them as well. Thanks again, everybody. Tempus est discovery.